Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Pua Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Hi there, astrology lover. It's Amanda from Astrology Hub, and I'm so excited to let you know that we've officially opened the doors to our flagship membership program, The Inner Circle. For over five years, we've been gathering every month to learn astrology from the best astrologers in the world. The Inner Circle is guided by a new astrologer teacher each month who teaches a mastery class on their top chart reading technique and provides live forecasts. Not to mention so many amazing bonuses like cosmic updates sent directly to your phone, live chart reading demonstrations, and 20% off discounts on all Astrology Hub products. We have some very special astrologers lined up for the rest of 2022, including Adam Summer, Christopher Renstrom, Jen Zart, and more. Don't miss out on joining a private community of thousands of like-minded astrology students. We only open two times per year. Go to astrologyhub.com slash innercircle22 to learn from the masters and transform your life in the process. I can't wait to welcome you on the inside. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I am so happy to be here with all of you, and I'm really happy to be here with world-renowned astrologer, historian, author, Christopher Renstrom, and Astrology Hub favorite astrologer. Christopher, thanks for being with us today. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, thanks for having me. What a what a lovely greeting. <laughs> I want to begin my day every day like that. <laughs> you don't? You should. I will for now on. Good. All right. <laughs> All right. So we are here today to talk about an introduction to aspect, to, to astrological aspects. And the thing is, Every single time we survey our inner circle members and ask them what they want to learn more about, aspects is one of the top ranked thing every single time. Because we hear about it all the time. You know, this is opposing this and this is squaring that and this is, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? How do I interpret that? How do I interpret that in my own chart? How do I interpret that in the astrology as it's happening? Right. So I know when you're an inner circle astrologer at the end of the year, you're going to be with us in December. Yes. Your mastery class is on aspects. So we'll be going very deep into that in yeah. December. But today I'd love to just get your perspective on mm-hmm. what astrological aspects are, mm-hmm. where they come from, why they matter, and then give people a starting point. You know, where where can you start to actually begin understanding this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. Okay. Let's, I mean, let's do that. Let's do that. I mean, Christopher, how key are they in understanding astrology? Like, where would you rank them in the priority list? Hugely key. I mean, uh, pretty much everyone will start in astrology with, um, where's my sun sign? You know, right. um, and then it's like, oh, I've got a moon sign. Let's go to the moon sign. You know, and then after that is rising, you know, and then you like find the planets and you find what uh, signs that they're in, and you read all about all of those things. And it, it, it's wonderful. It's a terrific way to uh, begin um, astrology and, 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 and to even start a, a reading, you know. Um, but what you've done is that you've identified all the parts of a chart, but not the chart itself. Mm. And so aspects um, are basically talking about the planet's relationships to one another in your birth chart. Um, And aspects are going to play two primary roles. First of all, they're the architecture of your astrological chart. They're, they're, you know, the, uh, uh, what kind of pillars do you have? Do you have stairs? Do you have windows? You know, these are all described by the aspects. They're the architecture of the chart itself. And you'll want to identify the aspects in your chart and read all about them. That is after you've done an exhaustive read of all the planets in your chart and the signs that they're in. Okay, Um, so that's the first uh, purpose that they have. The second purpose that they have, which I would prefer not to get into today, if that's all right, only because it's going to make it overly complicated. Uh, The second purpose that they have is transits. Okay, Mm -hmm. transit uh, means uh, a a planet in motion, uh, which we all know, because when you look up in the sky, the planets are in constant motion going across the sky. Um, The planet in transit 
Okay, that is basically where the planets are right now today versus where they were in your birth chart. Your birth chart is a screenshot of the sky on the day that you were born, so it's static. But a transit, um, a, a transit talks about where planets are today. And so by using the transits, you're going to look at their aspects to the planets that are aspecting in your own chart. And that's what's going to sort of give you the news of the day. You know, mm-hmm. so transits aren't just like happening at you. They're actually interacting with the aspects in your own astrological chart. Okay. So that's the second part, but I'm not going to burden everyone's minds with that because it's like, sounds intriguing, but after two minutes spacing out and <laughs> where are we going with this? Overload. <laughs> Well, I think too, it's it's really important to start with that architecture first, because then it's easier to make that transition to transits. It's like, okay, if it's opposing in your birth chart, it means X. And then if it's opposing in transit, it's a similar sort of energy. It's right. just now it's, it's moving. It's like, right. A, it's, it, yeah. Right. Okay. So let's get back to the, as- the planets aspecting one another in your birth chart. Yes. The simplest way to think of planets aspecting one another in your birth chart is basically who's giving attitude to whom. Okay. <laughs> That's the best way that you want to think about it. Are they together? So they're like buddies at the cafeteria table. Are they apart where they're kind of like in this deadly uh, staring contest with one another? You know, are they sextiling, which is like, hey, how you doing? You know, are they trining, which is like, I don't know, what are you doing after math class? Okay. Um, Or are they uh, squaring, which is like, you said what? You said what? You said what? Okay. So this is basically the attitudes that the planets are giving to one another in your astrological chart. Okay. So that's the way that I want you to think of planetary aspects. Okay. Now, what's also really fascinating, like the word influence, aspect is a word in the English language. I'm sure all of you have used the word aspect in a, in a sentence. Aspect, like influence originates with astrology. That's actually where the words first appear. Um, And so they sort of gravitated from uh, astrology lexicon into our speaking lexicon. And so aspect uh, comes from, forgive me for this like horrible attempt at pronunciation, but aspect comes from uh, the the word aspasir, aspasir, which means to look at. Okay, so it's the idea of to look at. If you go and look up aspect in your Merriam's dictionary, you will see that the first meaning right here is dictionary. Yes, I still use these. Okay, but the first meaning is the position of planets or stars with respect to one another held by astrologers to influence human affairs. Okay, so once again, the position of planets or stars with respect to one another by astrologers to influence human affairs. Okay, I cannot believe this, Christopher. This is in the dictionary. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in the dictionary, right? Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I would not steer you wrong with this. Okay, (laughs) so it's it's to look at. Okay, it's how the planets are looking at or taking in each other. All right. So all of a sudden you you've you've gone from looking up your planet in a sign, you know, which kind of like is great, but it still pigeonholes the planet and sticks it there, to all of a sudden they're talking to one another. And that's done through aspects. What are what is their attitude towards each other? What's their relationship to one another? Or do they recognize and appreciate each other, or are they giving the other person attitude and pretending that they're not there? in the room. Okay. So these are all things that you want to know when you look up your uh, aspects in an astrological chart. Christopher, so obviously planets aren't really doing these things, right? They're not obviously staring each other down or like saying, hey, what are you doing after math class? I so appreciate the characterization though, because that makes yeah. it so clear and it really helps you understand the energies. Yeah. But like, where do this? Where does this actually come from? Is this geometry? Is this mathematics? Like, what is this? Well, what we have to remember is that um, trigonometry, root word trigon, um, originates with astrology. 
okay? Uh, Hipparchus, the Greek astrologer, they'll call him an astronomer. There was no such thing back then. The Greek astrologer, Hipparchus, uh, basically designed trigonometry, which for everyone who suffered through it in high school is about drawing geometric circles, uh, geometric shapes in a circle. Okay. Wow. Right. You yes. go and you draw a square, you draw a triangle, you draw a line, which goes across, you know, you maybe do an isosceles triangle, you know, you're drawing geometric shapes in a circle. Okay. So this is how you want to think of aspects. Okay. So it's uh, Claudius Ptolemy, basically, who gives us what are still called to this day, the Ptolemaic aspects. And the Ptolemaic aspects are simply conjunction, opposition, square, trine, and sextile. Okay. So there are five. And I'm going to walk you through what they look like. A lot of astrology books will give you the math. They'll be like conjunction. They're next to each other. Opposition, 180 degrees. Square, 90 degrees. Uh, trine, 120 degrees. Sextile, 60 degrees. And if you're like me, I'm like, huh? Okay. So, and, and, and for those of you who are more um, mathematically talented than myself, I congratulate you. Um, and, and so there's the definition right there. But for those of you who might be like me, who are like, I need a visual. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to walk you through what these are. But again, what you need to know is that there are basically five aspects um, in my class. And perhaps if we have time today, we'll get into the other two. There are actually seven from, from the ancient world. But, um, but the ones that you want to know about are the Ptolemaic aspects. Five, conjunction, opposition, square, trine, and sextile. So let me tell you how they're going to work. The big thing that really opened aspects for me, because yes, I was very much like a square is 90 degrees between planets. You know, um, I, I would sort of recite the formula for, for it. But the big thing that really opened it up for me was reading how the aspects themselves are made of a planet's influence. Okay, so, so I, I just want to clarify that. Uh, for a moment here. For instance, when you have a conjunction between two as uh, mm, when you have a conjunction, which is an aspect between two planets, and basically a conjunction is two planets at the same place at the same time. Okay. So when you have a conjunction of two planets, it can be Mercury and Venus. It can be uh, Pluto and Mercury. It can be, uh, let's do a Mercury thing, Saturn and Mercury. For an astrologer who's following that idea of like, okay, a, a Mercury-Saturn conjunction, uh, a Mercury-Pluto conjunction, a Mercury-Venus conjunction, automatically, Regardless of sign, you can automatically recognize the difference of those three statements that I just gave you. Okay. Um, Mercury, a uh, conjunction means, uh, well, it's from if you're of a certain age and you grew up with conjunction junction, what's your function? That wonderful uh, 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 grammar, uh, grammar house rock. Okay. It means that the planets are joined together. Okay, that they're next to each other. So each of the aspects has a nature of the planets. A conjunction is the nature of the sun and moon. Okay. Um, an opposition is of the nature of Saturn. A square is of the nature of Mars. Now, this is regardless of whatever planets are opposing or squaring each other. A square is of the nature of Mars. The trine, the trine is of the nature of Jupiter. And the sextile, the sextile is of the nature of Venus, okay? So when someone says something like, oh, trines are good, okay, what they're really saying is trines are good because they're of the nature of, of Jupiter. Oppositions are, they're not so good. They're kind of distant, you know, and, 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 and don't see eye to eye at all. They're not even on the same page. What they're really saying is oppositions are of the nature of Saturn or um, a square, you know, squares are always combative and, and they're where people fight and argue endlessly and nonstop. That's because squares are of the nature of Mars. And I will demonstrate that uh, in the class on, on a diagram, how they, how, how they came to all that. But I don't want to bog you guys all down with that right now. Um, so let's get back to identifying what each of the aspects are. A conjunction. Mm. Quick question before yeah. you move on. 
Yeah. You're just covering the five Ptolemaic aspects. Mm-hmm. I know this is on purpose. These are the aspects that you mostly work with in your astrology, correct? They're the basics. They're the basics. Okay. The basics. Right. All right. So it's kind of like, um, you know, you're you're going to see them. I mean, you'll hear about other aspects and stuff and everyone will be like, oh, I've got a sassy quadrant or, you know, whatever. And it's just like, good luck with that. You know, it's just like Ptolemy had the basics. He knew that the sky was complicated enough that we didn't have to over embroider it. Okay. So these are basically the five Ptolemaic simple aspects. Okay. So I want you to think of a clock. Hmm? 12 o'clock noon, right? The hour hand and the minute hand are next to each other to make 12 o'clock noon. That's a conjunction, okay? A conjunction is when two planets are are in the same place in the sky and at the same time. They're next to each other, okay? And so this is two planets together. So that's a conjunction. Now I'm going to go into my modern dance. So (laughs) excuse me, okay? So 12 noon. Okay, is a conjunction like a quarter to 12 or 12. uh, uh, No, 12 noon. I'm going to keep it simple. 12 noon is a conjunction. Hour and minute hand are here, same place. Okay, so it's two planets in the same place in the sky. Now, see if I can work it here. An opposition is, is 1230. Okay, so an opposition is 1230. That's when the hour, that's when the uh, hour hand, 12, and the minute hand, uh, 30, okay, that's when the two planets are opposite each other, okay? So if you're thinking of a circle, and everything in astrology takes place within a 300-degree circle, an opposition halves or splits the circle, okay? It, it, it does it. Now it can do it horizontally, vertically, whatever between the houses, but an opposition is planets 180 degrees away. Another way of thinking of an opposition is planets that are in signs that are six signs away from each other, or if you're thinking of a calendar, six months away from each other. Conjunction is together on the same page. Opposition, we are opposed. Okay. Now everyone thinks opposed is like going to be combative and like whatever. No, we're 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 polarized. Okay, that's what an opposition is. The planets are polarized. So they see each other. Okay, let's come back to the cafeteria. They see each other. There's the popular table. All the kids are together. I'm so I'm so popular, you know, and then there's the goth table. They're like, you know, sitting at the table, which is absolutely opposite the popular kids. And, you know, maybe um, Bitsy looks over and she's like, oh, there's Gary, that goth creep, you know, and Gary's like, that's Bitsy. She's so full of herself, you know, (laughs) but they don't say a word to one another. They're polarized. They are polar opposites. That is priceless. You all know that he was trained at Juilliard, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. We need to do like a whole astrology drama thing with you, Christopher. This is amazing. Okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. It's just so, it's so delightful. Oh, no. I, I love, I, I love you, you know, jumping on it. So, so we've got, okay, let's, look. conjunction. Bitsy is on the arm of Biff. Okay. Bitsy and Biff. Okay. So, so Biff's the football quarterback and Bitsy's like the cheerleader. They're a conjunction. Okay. So, um, and it wouldn't be Gary if he's goth. It would be some other name like Spade or something like that, you know, and Spade is with, you know, Iris. Okay. Let's grab one of those. And, and they're just like, you know, and so they just don't see eye to eye and they have no traffic with each other. They have nothing to do with each other. So an opposition, okay, means polarized, opposite camps. A lot of times this gets uh, mistaken in two ways. One is that, you know, that that's, it's antithetical or something, and it's not. They just have nothing. To, they don't really want to have anything to do with each other. Okay. And the other thing is this belief that oppositions are some supposed to balance each other, and that's not either. Okay. Oppositions feel no um, motivation, to fraternize, talk, or have anything to do with each other. Planets in opposition don't have anything to do with each other. They're not interested in balance. They're just not interested in talking to each other. I don't want to get political, but if you think of Democrats and Republicans, okay, like that's polar opposites, okay? There's no, there's no bridge. There's, you know, everyone once in a while, bipartisan comes out, but not with 
tremendous effort, right? It's just very opposite. So Christopher, are they not, I've, I've heard or learned that they're sort of like polar opposites of a similar energetic frequency though. So if we were looking at it, at a line between them, they'd be sort of like the ends of the spectrum of a certain line though. Yes. Okay. They can be of the same frequency or maybe even nature, right? Right. Okay. But how much in common does the North Pole have with the South Pole? Right. Okay. They're of the same yeah. na- nature, but they're on opposite ends of the earth, you know? Got it. Yep. I think we've got penguins up in the North Pole, do we? <laughs> and I don't think we have polar bears down in the South. So. Right. So the, what they have in common is that they're the pole that like right. splits the earth, but, but in terms of their characteristics, they're night and day. Right. Uh, even even seasons right the seasons south of the of the um of the equator are completely different from the seasons that are north of it right right so so that's the thing that i've actually felt very strongly about and that took me i have to tell you something it takes a while uh, because i'm a capricorn we're slow but but the thing is you know that took me a long time to really sort of because i also learned that oh they're you know shadowing or reflecting or whatever each other and the more work that I did, I realized, no, they're not <laughs> at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they might be of same sort of nature, but they're not. And 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 so and and that to me became very important because what you're going to see as we talk about the aspects is that the aspects themselves, planets and aspect to each other, are struggling with the idea of relationship. Okay. Conjunction's easy. I'm right next to you. You know, think of it in terms of proximity. I'm right right next to you. We're on the same page. I'm dating Biff, you know? So, so that's a conjunction. All right. An opposition is what would you ever have to do, you know, with, with, with shade? (laughs) I think you said spade, spade. spade. Oh, I would have never have anything to do with spade. You know, I keep my distance from spade, you know, type of thing. I have nothing to do. They're always going to the parking lot across the street and, you know, they're up to no good, you know, type of thing. They just have nothing in common. And this is why when people say, well, what about opposites attract? You know, it's one of the great romantic things of opposites attract. They get together. Isn't that really, really wonderful? They may attract and they may come together. But the big question always is, do they stay together? Mm. You know, if they're going to stay together, they have to have more in common than an opposition. In fact, if you, oh, I hope I'm not going off into the weeds, but if you take two charts where the signs are opposite each other, you know, let's say an Aries is going out with a Libra, for instance, uh, there may be a spark of attraction, but unless there are other things that are drawing them together in terms of aspects, it's not going to stay. And in fact, planets in opposition, if there's a transit going over the opposition and it's what I call a true opposition, it breaks. Mm. Okay, So oppositions are so tense that they can break quite mm. easily. Okay. So that's the sort of thing that you want to sort of keep a lookout with oppositions. It's great because you can see them, you know, you can see, uh, paid who, who is he now? What's his name? His name's Spade. Spade. Okay. Yeah. Spade across yeah. the table, but you're not going to go near him. And that's something to keep in mind mm. with an opposition. All right. So you've got an absolute together conjunction and you have an absolute, you know, like I walk in and I don't even see you, you know, which is an opposition. Okay. It has nothing to do with each other at mm. all. Did you ever read the book, Go Dog Go, when you were a kid? Or yes, you know? I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know where the poodle comes in in the Great Dane and she's like, hello. And he's like, hello. And she's like, do you like my hat? And he's like, no, I do not like your hat. And she's like, goodbye. And he's like, goodbye. Uh, that's an opposition. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Okay. So we have conjunction, we have opposition, then we go to square. Okay. Square. Okay. Conjunction 12 noon, opposition 1230. Okay. Square is quarter to 12 or quarter after 12. Can we see the modern dance that goes with this? Okay. (laughs) Square is like, is that, is that? You got to put your little head in there. Huh? You got to put your little head in the square. (laughs) Square. Square is quarter to 12 or quarter after 12. Okay. Square. Okay, perfect. 
and and they're easy to remember because basically you're quartering the circle. Okay, so 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 you know, conjunction we begin together. Opposition, you're 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 completely opposite me, and then square we quartered the circle. Okay, just think of the seasons again. You know, you've got uh, spring. What's the opposite opposite of spring? Autumn. Okay, between spring and autumn, on one side is the summer. We go from spring to the summer. Okay, uh, everyone will probably recognize right away. I'm talking about cardinal uh, signs here. Uh, you go. You go to the uh, summer. Summer is halfway between spring and autumn, and then if you're in autumn, which is opposite spring, halfway from autumn to spring is winter. Okay, and so that's the halfway point. So this is what a square is doing. It's basically squaring the circle. And squares are of the nature of Mars, which means they're combative. But what I've also found over the years is that squares are also collaborative. Okay, so a square is 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 also about collaborating, co-laboring with each other. So in an opposition where the plants had nothing to do with each other, in squares, they are having something to do with each other. They're just not on the same page, but they're struggling to be on the same page or they're struggling to get their way. Okay, remember, a square is, in its nature, Mars. Okay, so squares want to one up <laughs> with 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 each other it's it's you know if you've ever worked in a creative collaboration with someone you can have moments where you're like wow that's great that's fabulous and then you can have moments where you're like you're the biggest dullard in the world why can't you see this it's brilliant we have to do it like this you know you can have moments in, it shows up in play it shows up in games you can have moments where you're like this is really exciting and then you can have moments of like I hate this game. I can't believe I ever agreed to this game. I'm picking up my toys and leaving. I, I hate you all. Okay. You can have all of those things happen with squares. Okay. Because they're trying to get the better. The planets are trying to get the better of each other. Okay. Is Saturn going to get the better of Venus or is Venus going to get the better of Saturn? Okay. And that gets into a whole other different thing that we'll examine with uh, aspects, which is planetary rulership. But today we're just focusing on the aspects themselves. Okay. So let's come back to a clock. Conjunction is 12 noon and opposition is 1230 and squares are either quarter to 12 or quarter after 12. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. This is, I feel like this is aspect 101 that I've actually never had. So this is oh. great. Thank oh. you. Yeah, it's amazing. You're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. And, and when we go into the inner circle mastery class, you're going to help us understand how to interpret these things, right? You're also getting a graph of how you're getting, uh, you're getting a graph and, and, and you're going to also get a walkthrough of like how astrologers came to these decisions. They weren't willy-nilly, okay? Mm. So, so you'll see how it was all worked out. And again, what's really great about learning this stuff is that you remember it. Okay. And so that's why I like to do things like, you know, modern choreography and things like that. Anything to get you to remember. Oh, we're going to remember that. We're going to remember, we're going to remember Bitsy and Biff Bitsy and Spade and Eris and, and your clock and your modern dance. Like that is just, that is uh, branded on our hearts at this point. <laughs> well, this is the way I like to teach is so that you remember. Okay? Yes. Because once you remember, you can start doing your own interpretation. You can start telling your own story. You can start, you know, coming up with your own uh, visuals or, or ideas of this. And, and hopefully you can also do your own interpretation, which is the whole point of knowing these aspects in the first place. But see, these are going to be applied to mutable signs, cardinal signs, all these sorts of things. But um, the trick here also to understanding uh, oppositions and squares I'm going to leave that on the table. That's too complicated. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that for, for class because I would have built it. Okay, so conjunction, opposition, squares, or, or squares, right. All right. Now, we've talked a lot about having nothing to do with each other. And we've, we've talked about, you know, arguing and, 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 and maybe collaborating, but kind of like arguing or fighting or, or, or hashing it out. Okay. Now we need the agreements. Okay, we need the aspects that are going to bring agreement. Okay, because otherwise the planets aren't really in the best <laughs> relationship with one another. Okay, so um, so so a trine, and this is what's really important about learning 
about learning the modalities and the elements, okay, when you're looking at the zodiac signs, because this is what's going to help you move around the circle and to speak fluently. For the trines, to find the trines, you find a trine by looking at two or more planets. Follow me on this one. You find a trine by looking at two or more planets. These two, let's take two planets, right? They have to be in different signs, but but the same element, okay? So let's say we've got two planets that are in different signs, but the same element. Let's say you have your Mars in Aries and your Venus in Leo, all right? Um, the Mars in Aries is fire and the Venus in Leo is fire. And you're going to know right away because they're different signs, but same element that they are in trine. Okay. A trine is basically 120 degrees on a circle. What that translates to on a clock is 20 to 12 or 20 after 12. Okay. So a trine, if you think of a clock, 12 noon is the conjunction, opposition is 1230, uh, quarter quarter, two or past is a square. A trine is 22 the hour or 20 after the hour. Okay. So the simplest way of thinking of a trine is two planets in two different signs, but, but those signs are the same element. That is a trine in reality. In reality, that is one leg of a trine, okay? Remember that the uh, root word of trigonometry is trigon, and trigon means trine. What does that refer to? The three sides of a triangle. If you take, if you imagine, or maybe even draw on a piece of paper, uh, uh, 12 noon, and then you think of 22, if you were to draw the line from 12 noon to 22, noon. And if you were to go right across the circle to 20 afternoon and 20 minutes afternoon, and if you were to go up the circle again to 12 noon again, you will have drawn an equilateral triangle. Okay. And that is what a trine is. Okay. So if you've got, um, uh, the sun, uh, uh, in Aries and Venus in Leo, that's a trine. But let's say you've got, uh, what did I say? Mars and Mars and Aries and Venus and Leo, that's a trine. But let's say your sun is in Sagittarius. Let's say your sun is in Sagittarius and you have Mars and Aries and Venus and Leo. You have now what is called a grand trine in astrology. Grand trine is a big deal because that's three points on the triangle so that you've drawn the entire triangle itself. Okay. And grand trines are very important. They are of the nature of Jupiter. So on one hand, which we all know from trines, um, they bring good fortune and, and, and prosperity because they, they're, they're basically the, the planets completely get each other. Okay. They're in trine. Okay. They're all fire. They know, okay, let's take fire. They know how to party. Okay. So they're like fiery and they know how to express themselves and they're very outgoing. And, you know, so the planets are like, yeah, you know, yeah, Biff, jump up on that table and do air guitar. That's like really funny. That's hysterical. Okay. Like, so trines are like, you know, that's all, you know, like, that's great. You know, they get all fiery with one another. Let's say you've got trine and water and it's like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt too. Like, let's all sit and and reflect and 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 contemplate why there's so much pain in the world and and why we're feeling it so deeply. That would be a grand trine in water. Okay, that would be all the planets. You know, it, you you would have um, a moon in Cancer, uh, Neptune in Scorpio, and uh, a Jupiter in Pisces. Okay, so that would that would really bring out the flavor, it would bring out the color of, of, of water, of trine, it would bring out that elemental energy. Okay, so this is where the planets totally get each other. They're totally sympathetic with one another. And they're welcoming of one another. It's everything of the nature of Jupiter. So, so, so it's, 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 it's prosperous because the talents and the energy are moving through the chart, and are, are, are understood. There's no 
great angst or, or, or anything like that. They, they get each other. They love each other. They have sympathy for one another. They can fill in each other's words, you know, all these sorts of things. This is what you have when planets trine each other. Um, should you have a grand trine in your chart, then you also have an element of protection that goes along with it. But I don't want to get into that too much because that's going to take us into a thing. But but we'll, we'll visit that in, in, in the class. But what you need to know with the trines is that there's totally, like you totally grok. The one planet totally groks the other planet. You know, like, I see you, Venus and Leo. I get where you're going. You know, you go, girl. You know that. You know, so it's like a like a Leo thing. They totally grok and understand and 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 support each other. So this is why trines are seen as being very good. Okay, amazing. And we just got a little glimpse into grand trine too, which I feel like was was a bonus, which is awesome. And again, I've I've never heard it explained this way. And it's so helpful. I can completely see the clock. And I was drawing as you were talking. I got my little little triangle. Thank <laughs> you. will be showing these notes later. Be <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so Amanda's notes. We live for Amanda's notes. It's so helpful, Christopher. And and I, I can really see it. So we have the only one left for now is sextile, yeah. and that's of the nature of Venus. That's of the nature of Venus. And so with trying, it's like I totally get that. You know, like, of course, we all get along here at the table. We all play football, you know, type of thing. You know, you're on the same team if you're trying, if the planets aren't trying, right? You know, these are your peeps. These are your people. Okay. They speak your language. They get your references. This is, this is trying. Venus, Venus will always be the power of attraction. Okay. So Venus is actually, you know, maybe one of the cheerleaders thinks that, what's that guy? What's that guy? His name is Biff. No, no, Biff's the Biff is the uh, oh, spade. Spade. Okay, <laughs> Venus might be uh, Cindy. She's on the uh, Cindy's on the um, on the uh, uh, cheerleading squad, you know. And Cindy thinks Spade's kind of like hot. Oh, yeah. So kind of like I don't know. I I think Spade's kind of misunderstood. <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yes. And Bitsy's like, come away from there, Cindy. Spade's not misunderstood. He's he's scum, you know. And so Cindy's like, I don't know. I think Spade's a little misunderstood. And I think Spade's kind of like hot. <laughs> That's a sextile. Okay. <laughs> this is so good. All right. So we're, we're, we got the cafeteria scene down. Where are we at on the clock? Where we are at the clock is, okay, remember 22 and 20 after? Yes. You're going to split 22 and 20 after to 10 to and 10 after. Okay. And for any of you who are kind of recognizing the lunar phases in all of this, you've got it. <laughs> okay. Um, and so what we have is that um, the sextile, uh, I don't know if I can say this uh, anymore or should say this anymore, but I'm just going to go ahead and, 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 and say it anyway. Uh, one of the easiest ways to remember uh, two planets sextiling each other is that uh, when you think in terms of um, uh, astrology began with gender, okay, with 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 signs being gendered, okay, so that you have uh, if you go in an archetypal chart, Aries is masculine, we now call that Yang. Um, Taurus is feminine, we now call that Yin. Uh, Gemini, an air sign, is masculine, we call that Yang again. And then Cancer is feminine, Yin with water. So we're basically going, um, you know, air is always followed by Earth. Okay, uh, Yang Yin. Um, Earth is always followed by an air side, Yang again, and then air is always followed by uh, water, which is which is Yin. Okay, so basically, sextile is kind of like you can think of it as a sixty degree aspect, um, which is basically the sign sitting next to the sign that's sitting next to you, which can get a little complicated. But another way to think of it, and this is just for memory, is to think of it as same sex. Okay, so that uh, uh, water and earth are same sex. Okay, they're both would have been regarded as feminine in classical astrology, or you can think of them as both yin. And then um, uh, air and fire are same sex, masculine, or you can both think of them as yang. Okay, they're not the same element, but they are the same um, gender. 
Okay. And so that's the way you can sort of think of them. They, they, it draws them close to one another. So, so it's one, it's, if you're thinking of a subway, okay. Um, if you're thinking of subway and you're sitting to some next to someone on the subway, it's the person sitting next to that person who's sitting next to you on the subway. Or if you want to make it easier on yourself, 60 degrees, or if you're um, looking at a planet in fire and it's bookended by a, by planet or planets in the air signs that bookend that fire sign, that's a sextile. Okay. Now sextiles with a trine, we have complete absolute agreement. Okay. But a sextile is um, two. When planets are in sextile to one another, what they're doing is that they're putting aside their differences to help each other out. Okay. Um, and, and so what that does is that we have a, we have a remark of they have differences. Okay. This is something that's often blurred over with a sextile. Okay. They just sort of like, oh, you know, it's earth and water and that's like mud, you know, type of thing, or they're the same. They're not the same. Earth and water are very different in their dispositions. Uh, the, the easiest way of understanding it is water is like, oh, let's share this. And earth is like, hands off, that's mine. Okay, that's like the big difference right away between, between earth and water. Um, but what they're going to do is that they're going to put aside their differences to work together to achieve a common goal. Okay, so I may not be on the same page as you, but I like you and we have... Um, a mutual goal in mind, and we're going to work together. Uh, another thing to think of is when I was a kid, we used to play, I, I doubt it would ever be played nowadays, but I had four brothers and we were all one year apart and we were always getting into trouble. But one of our favorite games was jump the fence. Okay. So you would go and I don't know, it's like, it's what you do when you're 10 or 11, you go and jump neighbor's fences and go springing into their backyards and jumping the next fence and, you know, having a race down the neighborhood or something like that. Um, you know, but but think of, you know, you're you're rushing towards a fence with a buddy and one of you gets up on the fence and then the other one like maybe uh, holds the hands underneath where the foot, you know, lands right there and you help the person heave up and over. OK, that's a sextile. The two planets are actively helping each other to achieve a goal. They may not be on the same page. They're not in absolute agreement with each other, but they're going to help each other to obtain um, to obtain a goal. This has been so incredibly helpful, Christopher. I have like a whole new orientation towards these aspects. And you know, I've been talking to astrologers for a long time, but this I is, know you have. <laughs> this is and it's one of those foundational things that you sometimes forget. Like it seems, oh yeah, you know, aspects, we talk about them all the time. It seems like everyone kind of knows what they are, but really there's, there's a, a, a foundation that needs to be laid there's an understanding of the energies. There's an understanding of how the energies work in your chart. And yeah. then, like you said in the beginning, then there's applying aspects to transits, which is a whole nother thing. But yeah. it's still, it's still with the, with these foundations in place. It can be so much easier to kind of extrapolate like, okay, I see the cafeteria. I'm getting, I'm getting the vibe that's going on here. Now, how do I apply that to the energy of this planet and the energy of this planet and put it all together? It seems kind of like the glue in the chart. Is that, is that true? It, yeah. it, it's absolutely. It's, it's what holds all the planets to, it's, it's what holds all the planets in relationship to one another. Not, right. I, I, I was tempted to say together, but no, it holds them into relationship with one another. The other thing that you also uh, want to appreciate with an aspect is, you know, we, we'll use aspects like, um, that's an aspect of her I never saw. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a side of her I never saw before. That's a, that's a face of her that I never really saw before. I didn't know that she was so kind or, you know, I didn't know she was so greedy. You know, I mean, you know, the, the right aspects is like, that's a side of someone I never saw before. Right. Planets change their faces in aspect with one another. Oh. Just like people do. So different different relationships between planets bring out different angles of that planet. They bring out different aspects of that. Aspects, oh, different oh. aspects with the planet brings out different aspects in their behavior. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So something could make like Mars even more feisty or something could make Venus even more Venusian or. Or Mars. Nicer. 
Or Mars or Mars nice. Okay. Mars supportive. Mars mm. in your corner. Mars helping out as opposed to Mars, you know, uh, uh, burn, uh, what is it? Uh, ground burning. What's that phrase? Um, burning everything. Absolute. Uh, where you earth burning. And arson. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, um, there's something about scorched earth. Oh, scorched earth. Okay. There we go. See, we have to do charades together. Okay. Yes. Oh, like, yes. Jacques Bros alive and well and living in Paris. Okay. So we have to like do charades together. <laughs> But you make Mars, this so fun. Oh. <laughs> Mars, we kind of know, is taking on a scorched earth policy. Okay. Right. But if Mars is in sextile, Mars is all of a sudden the coach who's helping you to achieve. You know, let's say Mars is, Mars is in sextile to Venus. Mars is helping Venus to achieve her aim, or Venus is going to help Mars to achieve its aim. Oh, God, I love that. Yeah. So, so the aspects change the aspect of the planet itself, you know, and then this gets into transits because let's say you have what's called a hard aspect, an opposition or a square on your chart. Well, the planets are always moving in the sky. So a transiting planet may sextile, trine or interrupt or redirect the natural flow of your chart, but that's getting uh, uh, more complicated, but that's why astrologers are always looking at these, at, at these things. Mm. Just, Kind of, you know, the element will describe the disposition of the planet. You know, the the planet is in a sign. The sign has an element. That's the disposition. Okay, mm -hmm. but the aspects decide the face of the planet that you're being shown. So good. So it's it, you know, for example, when you hear a Leo that says, "I don't really feel like a Leo," like it, it never really describes me. That would mean there's a different quote unquote aspect of Leo that is activated in that person's chart that may be the less talked about qualities of Leo, right? Or, or even as you were talking, and, and, and this is again saved for the class because I don't want everyone like too much, okay? Right. But as you're talking, let's say, um, you know, if someone's like, oh, I don't feel like a Leo, that could be a number of things. They might be a nighttime chart as opposed to a daytime chart. Um, mm -hmm. Leo might, uh, the sun in Leo might be very far away from the ascendant. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, but let's take an easier one. Another thing is, let's say, I don't feel like a Leo uh, because I've got my son in Leo and Saturn's next to it, okay? Um, so Saturn can be a downer type of thing. Um, but nevertheless, you could see the potential of the sun and Leo gradually coming out because if Saturn and the sun are both in Leo, the sun rules Leo, that's the person's sun sign. And so they will gradually grow into themselves and not feel so under the thumb of Saturn. Mm. But let's say, let's say someone's born with a sun next to Saturn in Capricorn. Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. So the sun has to genuflect to Saturn in Capricorn because of proximity. Okay. So mm. there's a whole thing and we'll get into it with, with realize how much I'm going to have to organize all of this, but we'll get into that in our class as well, because planetary rulerships also change, um, change the, uh, uh, the voice right. of, of the planet. Yeah. Well, thank you today for giving us this really thorough, extraordinarily entertaining foundation in aspects. I am so excited to dive even more deeply into this with you and all of our inner circle members. We are closing enrollment tomorrow. Oh. So if you want to be a part of this next inner circle cohort where Christopher Renstrom will be one of your teachers, now's the time to join us. You go to astrologyhub.com slash inner circle 22. You're going to get Christopher's mastery class plus five more before it that are going to be different astrological tools and techniques from amazing astrologers. So that is all coming up. Plus you get to be in this incredible community with all of us and laugh and play and really have a lot of fun with our astrology. It is a language. So practicing it together is really, really important and learning from each other. You know, we, we get to get in there. I think we're all in sextile to each other, or we're all in trying with each other because <laughs> we're in there. We're just like, you know, geeking out on the astrological language and it's a lot of fun. We'd love to have you in that. Another opportunity that you have to work with Christopher through Astrology Hub is the Cosmic Calendar course that we did with him. So that's astrologyhub.com slash cosmic calendar. If you love Christopher's teaching style and you want to like dive in and hang out with him for several <laughs> weeks, 
I highly recommend this course. It's available for you. He also has some great books. The Cosmic Calendar is one of his books. Um, what are some other books? Uh, Ruling Planets, which came out a while ago. It's not as easy to get, um, but 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 that's about the ruling planet. Um, and then I've got um, my my new book that's coming out in October, which is all about the rising sign. Yes. And it's called Rise and Shine. I still have to like, <laughs> my editor came up with the, no, actually I came up with the title. Okay. I called it Rise and Shine, but I thought that that was like really cheesy. And she was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Okay. So, <laughs> so well, what else are you going to call a rising sign book? Rise right. and Shine. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So, so it's called Rise and Shine. Um, an astrological guide to how you show up in the world. And so, so great. Um, this book is a labor of love. It is 144 combinations of sun and rising signs. Okay. Brilliant. Oh my God. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> so, and you yeah. can order on Amazon right now if you want to, but yeah. Fantastic. And we've already talked about following that one up with another course potentially too in the future. Yes. Yes. Hope yes. So. yes, exactly. So different, lots of different ways to work with Christopher. We would, again, enrollment for the Inner Circle closes tomorrow, June 30th, 2022, depending on when you're watching this broadcast. If you're catching it later, you can probably get on the wait list for the Inner Circle right now. That would be astrologyhub.com slash Inner Circle. Just check it out. Um, and if you're watching this now and you're on the fence, this is the time to jump on over, join us in the Inner Circle, join this incredible star family that we have. We'd love to have you astrologyhub.com slash inner circle 22. Christopher, can't wait for your mastery class on aspects. I can't wait to see everybody again. It's so I much know. fun. I love seeing everybody again. It's I like- mean, who could make aspects more fun than you? I can't think of anything. <laughs> It's like, you could think aspects would be, it's called like aspect theory. It's like, oh God, it's so boring. Well, that's why, my dear, that's why I made them fun because I had to sit through aspect theory and it was like. Thank you for doing that for all of us. (laughs) And then then applying your creativity to it. It makes it so, so fun. So thanks everybody for being here. It's been really nice to see you in the chat. Nice to hang out with you. Thank you so much for being a part of this community here at Astrology Hub. And thank you, as always, for making astrology a part of your life. Inner Circle members, I will see you in a few minutes on our new moon ceremony. And uh, for the rest of you, can't wait to catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Christopher. Hi, thank you. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.